Hello and welcome to the Locked on Flyers podcast for Monday, November 25th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that might be a little excited to see the Canucks today. Yeah. In a twist of fate, both Danielle and I kind of like the Canucks on the Western Conference side of things. Yeah, that's what makes like games like tonight a little bit um, uncomfortable because like I do like to see the Canucks and I'd like to see them win. And I'm rooting for them yeah. to lose tonight. So <laughs> I feel weird. Hard <laughs> <laughs> same. Just to make that clear yeah, to no, everybody. We're definitely rooting for the Flyers. But it would be nice to see the Canucks. It's just they they seem like a fun team. But we'll get into that. Anyway. Yeah. Happy Monday, everybody. Don't forget to subscribe to Locked on Flyers on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network, your team each and every day. We're your hosts. I'm Danielle. And I'm Rachel. Today, we are going to recap the game against the Flames, then preview tonight's game against the Canucks, and then we will wrap up with our nemesis of the week. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Flyers, tweet us all your questions for our mailbag, or tell us what you think about how the Flyers are doing so far this season. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. So let's get into Saturday's game. It was a loss, a 3-2 to two loss in a shootout. The goaltending match was heart first Riddick. Um, but, you know, honestly, we could have called him a brick wall because he played very well. <laughs> That he did. So um, the lines were a little different. Um, so we saw, obviously, Giroux, Frost, and TK. Then we had Limblom, Couturier, Vorchek, Ferby, Kevin Hayes. And it started off with Pitlick there, but then Scott Lawton moved up, and they spent a lot of 5-on-5 five five time together. And then so making the fourth line, JVR, Raffle, and Tyler Pitlick. Uh, on defense, it was obviously Provorov and Niskanen, Sandheim and Braun, and then Hag and Myers. And Gosses Bear was a healthy scratch. Yeah, so I think we should talk about that ghost being scratch thing, which was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, I hated it. I don't like that. At all. Uh, so he has been struggling for sure, and. I think that they had tried other strategies to try and get him back to the offensive output that he is known for. And he really hadn't gotten there. He had kind of overcome, overcome pain, playing badly, but not excelling to where he has in the past. And it seems like from what people were saying that this is a one game thing and it shouldn't stretch onto multiple games. And so if it's like a one game, okay, sit and let's think about what you've done and watch a game and, and then we'll get you back in to the rotation right away. I think that's okay. I think if it becomes a pattern, then we need to worry. I mean, that's really, that's very rational. Um, I just think that, I just don't understand how sitting ghosts helps him in the long run. I, it just, 
I just don't think that's the right call to scratch him, especially for Robert Haig. Like, if you had, like, a better defenseman, like, say we had another Phil Myers um, that was just sitting there, and you wanted to be like, all right, listen, let me give this kid who's actually good a chance and actually helps the the team win, okay, maybe I can understand that. But Haig doesn't really help the team win. And looking at, like, A.V.'s post-game comments, he said it was because the Flames had, like, a heavy third and fourth line. So they thought that adding Haig with Myers would help with, I guess, the physicality of of the game. If they're trying to help Ghost get back to where he was before, I would prefer to see him, like, one-on-one on the ice with, like, a team, like, a one of the coaches or, like, uh, someone saying, like, oh, Ghost spent, like, extra time going over video with a coach. Like, I'd prefer those measures than to just scratch him. But that's just me. I can see what you're saying there. And, you know, especially given that Ghost is known for driving offense, when you put in a defensive defenseman in his place, that's not going to help the overall situation. I will say, looking at the game from a defensive perspective, I don't think the Flyers suffered for having Haig in there versus Ghost, but I think that they very well could have suffered offensively. Yeah. So, yeah, so with Ghost's absence, Sanheim uh, took Ghost's spot on the power play, which was... I mean, if it's a negative situation, but if you're looking for the positives, that's a positive. Um, and then, of course, Ronaldo was in for the Flames. He almost scored. I, he had, like, good scoring chances, which I felt, I just thought of you, Rachel, and was like, oh, my God, she's right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I know. He did also take a really stupid penalty, so I feel like it balanced out a little yeah. bit. I mean, that was for that was for us also. I was like, here you go. So um, the Flyers were shooting more when getting into positions. Um or, like, up a man on the rush rather than passing. And we noticed that with Coots in particular and Frost on the the top. Like, Frost and um, Giroux had a really good two-on-one um, during the game. Yeah, like, I think in recent games, or this season overall, we've noticed more often than not when they get a good rush going, They'll just pass it one too many times yeah. and not take the shot. But I really noticed in particular that, you know, the lead skater would, would get into the zone and they'd have a good option for the pass, but they would actually take the shot. Yeah. And I, I thought that was good. Me too. And I think that they need to think that way more. So, but when they were passing, there were a lot of passes to spots where nobody was, nobody was there. So um, that's something that's a little concerning. Yeah, I think they were anticipating people being in certain positions that they weren't there. So that says to me that maybe something was off with whatever system they were trying to work with in this game. Yeah. And unfortunately, like the schedule just really hasn't allowed them to get a lot of good practice time in. Uh, So for, you know, going back to the game, Riddick was... um, a really big part of the the story for the Flyers. And we talked about that in the pregame, how well he's been playing. Um, And he's been keeping the Flames in uh, games. And Saturday was just another example of that. The Flyers led in shots. They had about 38 shots to the Flames 27, including a two-period margin where they just outshot the the Flames 18-3. to Yeah, I mean, that was pretty crazy in that second period, holding – 
the flames to three shots and getting 18 of your own and getting like nothing out of it. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, just to go into the, into the third period or go into intermission with, with only one goal to show for it was just, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Was it the second to the third period where they had a split power play? Yes. Yeah, I hate that so much. Yeah. I don't think it it helps for either side of the power play. Yeah, and especially when, yeah when it's split like that. I prefer kind of it just being like a, almost a full power play at the start of the period, but that can always go either way. So, uh, another, something crazy is that Provorov played 28 minutes on Saturday during that game, which is just insane. Yeah, you know, and we were talking about Provy's ice time over the last couple of games, and so to see it only increase again was a little bit concerning to me. But I was thinking about without Ghost in the lineup, Provy has an even greater responsibility, it seems like. And, you know, I I think he's up to the task. Yeah. I, I just, you know, it's just, again, it's worrisome if they're going to lean on him this hard. Yeah, I I actually really don't like that. Um and I agree with you with Ghost out, you know, he he has to step up even more. And he's fine with that and I think Provorov has said before that he wants to be like Drew Doughty playing playing these big minutes, playing 28 30 minutes a, a game. But I just feel like, you know, it's a 82 game season and we're we're going to need Provorov to play these minutes in the playoffs when they when it counts even more. And so right now, this just makes me a little bit nervous because he's been extremely durable. But if he gets hurt, like we said before, that I, I just don't know who steps in to, to take his place. Please not Robert Haig. Please not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, in in the third period, like we said before, um, Jake got, oh, no, no. That was the first goal. Jake got his 200th goal. Which was a nice, that's, I'm, that was a very nice milestone for Jake. Yeah, it was funny cause since he did it in that like kind of diving, <laughs> sprawling thing, which just seemed so Jake to me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and he hadn't had one for over 10 games, I think. So it was good to see him get back on the, on the goal scoring side of things and hit that milestone. Yeah, that was really nice. Um, and it was, I was surprised to see how low Sanheim was, um, like when he was like almost right by the dot, like I was surprised to see him that low in, in the offensive zone, but he can shoot the puck. He really can. And Jake, just to clean up. I like that. Um, JVR's, I mean, not JVR, Kevin Hayes's goal. What a setup by, uh, Farabee. Oh man, that was such a great play and to take, Riddick out of the play. Yes. Which was apparently like really the only way to be able to score <laughs> against him in this game was just to remove him from the net entirely. Yeah. Um, just to, using his speed and, and, um, I, I don't really like using the word tenacity because I feel like I hear it so much, um, from coaches. I get but, that. but I mean, that was kind of like he, he just was relentless. Like he just went through, poked that, um, the puck free and Kevin Hayes just right there. I think I like them together. 
Farabee and Kevin Hayes. And I think that Scott Lawton looked great uh, on that line, just as the third piece. I know we all say it all the time. You know, if you have Scott Lawton on your fourth line, it's a really good fourth line. But I thought that he he looked really good on that third line. Yeah, I thought so, too. And, you know, we talked about Hayes struggling offensively a little bit and that he got the empty net goal in his previous game. And then this one was kind of an empty netter as well. But still, you know, I think that having him with players like Farabee who push a little bit more will only help him. Yes, I completely agree in that aspect. So, um, just to quickly touch on some moments that stood out, uh, the tying goal in the third period, I mean, that had to be, like, I don't know what the Flames did beforehand to, to get that luck, but I would like the Flyers to do it every single day. Yeah, hard same. To continue with the second period, the PK was on fire. It just needed to score. Yeah, they had multiple shorthanded chances in the second period. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was pretty great. Um, God, I love Coots. Yeah. On the PK. Love it. <laughs> I thought you were just going to finish with God, I love Coots. And I was just like, hard same. Absolutely. That, that could be- <laughs> I mean, yes. But like That's having him out there on the PK is just like, it's, I just love watching it. Yeah. You know? Me too. So, anything else about Saturday's afternoon game against the Flames? Uh, Let's not have any more afternoon games for a while, see how that goes. Treat yourself to the meal that you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at LockedOnSponsors.com slash offers. Welcome back to Locked On Flyers. We are going to preview tonight's game against the Canucks. So, the Vancouver Canucks are currently 12-8-4, which is good enough for third place in the Pacific. Um, most recently, they went 3-5-2, and two, but won their last two games against Nashville, 6-3, uh, and then the Capitals, 2-1, to one, and that went to a shootout, which lasted 14 rounds. And it was insane. <laughs> like, it was definitely a goalie off. It was crazy. Yeah. So um, the Canucks are fourth in the league on the power play, ahead of the Flyers, who are 14th. And they are uh, ninth in the league on the p- penalty kill. And that is just behind the Flyers, who are sixth. So these are two things that contributed to, you know, their place in the Pacific. And when we go back to look at the first game this season against uh, the Canucks, the Flyers lost in a shootout. And this was part of the first road trip out west, where we thought they generally played well, but just had bad puck luck. Yeah, they did. The Flyers played really well against the Canucks in that game, and it was just kind of, you know, like we've been talking about against Calgary, where it was just one of those games where they got a ton of shots on net and just nothing would go. And that's that's a little concerning to me because I feel like the Canucks themselves are playing a lot better than they did in the beginning of the season. Um, Very much so. Yeah. So 
that's not great. <laughs> Hopefully the Flyers, the Canucks have a ton of players to watch out for. Elias Peterson is still having an unreal season uh, for his sophomore year. There's no sophomore slump. Like this kid is still very, very good. Currently he has 29 points in 24 games, 10 goals and 19 assists. And he leads their team um, in points. You know, I think it's one of those things, again, where the Flyers really needed to play better against Calgary to build momentum into playing against this Vancouver team, which is a lot better, and especially a lot better defensively. So, you know, the Flyers are probably not going to get any more chances than they did against Calgary, if not less. And so that is something to be concerned about. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I went off on a tangent, but another person to to look out for is Quinn Hughes, their rookie this season. It always seems like the Canucks have a rookie that's doing really well. But yeah, Quinn Hughes, um, the defenseman, um, he's just he's one of, he's like their secret weapon on the power play. Like obviously they have Pedersen and um, Horvat who's good at face-offs, and then Brock Besser, who just has an unreal shot. But Quinn Hughes has been just holding down the blue line for them, and his vision, not only can he pass the puck in between, like, legs, sticks, he just, he has a he's a really good shot. Another person that I think is someone we should look out for is JT Miller. They got him on the, in a trade with Tampa, and he's sitting really well on their top line with Pedersen and um, Besser. Yeah, I think that was a great move to pick him up. And I think it's it's been good for Miller as well, as, you, as you've just said. Yes. So when we look into goaltending, uh, the Canucks have Jacob Markstrom as their starter. <clears throat> and he's played 16 games this season, and he has gone 7-6-3. and three. And so that's good enough for a save percentage of .913. And then they have Thatcher Demko, who is their backup. And right now he's doing really well for them. He's played eight games. His save percentage is .916. I think it's we're likely to see Markstrom, but Demko could make uh could be possible. We could possibly see him because they just played the Caps and they play the Pens next. Um and the Flyers could be a good break game for Markstrom. But even with that said, Demko is really good, and yeah. so either way, either goalie that the Flyers face, it it's gonna be it's not gonna be easy. Yeah, and like you said, Demko is you know has been very highly touted and has played really well. They just did a uh, profile of him, I think, on the Canucks website, mm-hmm. just talking about his good play and that you know they love having him there as a backup to be able to just pick up where Markstrom leaves off almost every time. And especially given that Markstrom, you know, their most recent game was that 14 round shootout. It it only kind of increases the chance that he might get Mm -hmm. put in there just because of resting as well. Yeah. So, you know, again, we're not sure. So, you know, it's entirely possible that Markstrom will play, but we should keep an eye out for Demko as well. I completely agree with that. So the Canucks aren't going to be an easy game for sure. Yeah. So 
the Flyers did not have a practice on Sunday. So at the time of recording, we don't know if they're making any major changes to the lines. But I will be curious to see what comes out of that Calgary game. And if they if they do make any changes, if Ghost comes back in, which I think he will. But again, we just don't know at the time of recording this. Yeah. Tonight's game is the Flyers Hockey Fights Cancer Night. And so NHL.com had a story about Kevin Hayes and his family. Yeah, I just thought it was a, a really nice story to tie into the whole Hockey Fights Cancer thing. I think we've talked about it a couple times, but there's just been so many good stories coming out of all the teams, I think, over the course of this initiative. And so uh, Kevin Hayes talks about... How both of his parents have had cancer. They're both in remission now, thankfully. But, you know, Kevin talks a lot in this article about his reaction to the diagnoses and what it was like in his family in terms of having to, you know, be supportive of their parents. Um, you know, he has a lot of siblings. So um, they you know, had to work really hard together as a family to support their parents through both of their illnesses. And um, it just, you know, one of those things where you you get to know the guys a little bit better. And, um, you know, they talked about Goudreau having played with Hayes in college. And so apparently Goudreau was kind of like part of the group of people that helped him through his dad's diagnosis and stuff. So it's just a really good article. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. Yeah. So when we come back, we will talk about our nemesis of the week. Welcome back once again to Locked on Flyers, your daily Flyers podcast on the Locked on Sports Network. It's time for our Flyers Nemesis of the Week. So as Philly sports fans, we have had a lot of reasons to be annoyed, um, especially as Flyers fans. We've suffered the longest drought of all the teams in town in terms of championships. So there's there's been a lot of time to rack up Nemesis. So today we are going to talk about our Nemesis of the Week, Blaming the Bounces. I am so sick and tired of hearing the coach, the players, the fans talk, blame the bounces or puck luck that the other team gets or the lack of puck luck that the Flyers are getting. I, I'm i just tired of it. Just It just seems like an excuse. It really is. And, you know, I, I really think the adage that you make your own luck holds here and yes. that if you should beat a team, you should beat that team. Like with the Calgary game, they had that terrible bounce to have that tying game toward the end of regulation. But really, they should have been dominating that team the entire game and getting other goals so that bounce wouldn't have mattered. And so it's just like you got to do the work and earn it so that when you have those bad luck bounces while there are challenges they don't ultimately determine the outcome of the game for you. Yes. You just need to find a way to win because it, it honestly feels like the Flyers are just finding ways to lose. And I know I say this and they did win the other night, but like the Calgary game just really put a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, I th- I think so too. And it's it is hard when it seemed like you know, for a good, I'd say, 10 minutes there, I was feeling like, okay, we're going to win a game in regulation. This is good. And I was yes. formulating analysis in my head. And then 
that happened. And you just, I, I really strongly feel like they should have had more goals in this game. And yeah. I, I mean, I know you, you run up against a goaltender who's a brick wall, but at the same time, there should have been a way around it other than Faraby luring him away from the net, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, not even, you know, we look at this game, we look at the Calgary game and that's like the most recent one that we, we see, but there's been other games that the Flyers have played that they've just let this, this game slip away. For sure. Like they could have taken advantage of that uh, before. Like, I mean, one comes to mind is like that, sh- uh, Toronto game where they oh, lost three absolutely. to four in, in a shootout. Like, you could have put that away. Toronto was, like, on the... Like, they were struggling. It just... Yeah. So. The Ottawa game? Like, okay. Yeah. I'm sick of the blaming on the bounces. So, they... That is the nemesis of the week. (laughs) I think that's a good one. So, that wraps it up for us today. Thanks, guys, so much for listening to today's show. We'll be back tomorrow where we recap the game against Vancouver. Fingers crossed it's a win in regulation. Um, and then we will do our weekly check-in with the Phantoms. As a reminder, we want to hear from you. Send us your questions via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers or um, LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Danielle. You can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. I'm Rachel, and you can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. And if you'd like to be a featured sponsor on the show, please email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. And you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a good day.